Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. Life out there can be miserable. It's dark, it's dank and the governments are destroying everything. So once again, I'm Bradley and I'm joined by Stu and we're here to bring you a bit of joy and a bit of light into that dark, dank world. How are you, Stu? I'm actually pretty good, which is, considering that it's absolutely hammering it down outside, and I've just been to the dentist, that's quite surprising. So, yeah, I'm, t- I'm classing that as a win. Fair enough. That's good. Um, I've got a new pussy. <laughs> well, it's about time, Bradley. Uh, no, uh, we, we, we've... Um, it's a, it's a long story, and I won't bore with the story on air because it, it's just it's not exciting. It's just long winded. But yeah, we've got a, a another little kitten. Oh, that's brilliant! Um, and just he's uh, he came yesterday, um, so really fresh. Um, Jesus Christ! I sound like I'm standing out the front of the uh, from dusk till dawn. Thing. <laughs> you do. We've got a ginger pussy, and we've got a uh, yeah little black and white uh, uh, kitten. Um, and yeah, we've called him Zagreus. Oh, good name. Well, I wanted, right, I've always wanted to name a, a, a pet after a video game character. Um, and I don't want to do like Mario or, or anything like that because that's crap. Um, and everyone does it, and Link and Zelda, I can't do that. Uh, The only other one I really, really like, but we can't, is Aloy, but you need really a girl cat for that it's, it's it's because of Aloy in uh uh Horizon Zero Dawn on the, the either of the Horizon games it's very much a girl's cat name and obviously Ginger as well because she's red-headed so yeah. we kind of like it would have worked for a Ginger cat so a black and white one I couldn't think of any and I was going through um, I can't find to think of a video game character um and then I started looking through other things like uh, got through like Greek Norse mythology and all stuff like that and then I just remembered oh Zagreus Zagreus is really cool um so yeah um and then the kids were happy because they call called him Zaggy for short um nice so, yeah lovely little you kitten um and Charlie is yeah he's he's sniffing him a lot it's like <laughs> what is this yeah what the hell is this you've brought into my property? Uh, but, you know, early days, but good signs. And, yeah, it's a lovely little thing. Oh, lovely. Uh, the, the only thing I can think of that's, like, immediately obvious is um, that to- they're called... I had to look this up. You'll be unsurprised to hear that their names are uh, Toro and Kuro. They were the PlayStation mascots. You still see them now and again. If you play, like, Astro's playroom on the ps5 you see them now and again little cat mascots yeah. a black one and a white one oh, very cute um uh, yeah but we've got um i kind of remember them yeah, yes yeah they was uh yeah weird big eyes 2d not 2d but like weird big eyes and yeah i remember them, big in japan yeah I don't think it, it, they ever yeah. became mascots over in the in the west at all but yeah no they're uh, they're all right <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. Was in the, I'm sure they're in the PlayStation All Stars Battle Royale ah, as well. Probably, yeah. I, I don't know if I've said on the podcast, but we've got kittens next door. <laughs> so we've our next door neighbours have got a pair of black and white kittens, a boy and a girl, and they're so so cute. And 
they're about four or five months and the best thing about them apart from the fact that they're gorgeous and really friendly and you know playful is because they're litter mates you can pick both of them up and hold both of them at the same time and they don't get like squirmy they like being next to each other so you can hold two cats and cuddle them i yeah i just it blows my mind i'm just in love with them oh oh my god and they're available when? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> we live in a small two-bedroom flat. We can't have any more. <laughs> we keep, yeah. Like, we could steal them. They're here all the time anyway. But no, I thought, <laughs> yeah. Probably best not. If they're next door, you get the best of both worlds. If you get on with your neighbours, and I hope you do. You do. And I, clearly you do. I was letting you pick up their cats. So yeah. it's a bit weird if you really didn't get on with them, but you was popping around and picking up their cats. Yeah. Um, it's uh yeah, so you get the best of both worlds. You haven't got a litter, you haven't got to worry about the litter training, the feeding them, but you still get to play with yeah, them. Yeah, paying for them to be fixed, which is going to cost a pretty penny. Yeah. But yeah, no, they're lo- they're. Uh, do you know what else you could play with? What? Video games. Oh Joe. yeah. Because that's the end of uh, Pussycast. <laughs> it's now time to talk about video games. Marvellous. I, I like that idea. It's a little bit off base, but, you know, let's go with it. And that was actually a decent segue for once. Yeah, it was actually a proper segue, like human beings normally do. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it was brilliant. Uh, but, so, yeah, what have you been playing? Uh, well, the first one I just picked up because it's dirt cheap and I'm very easily swayed on dirt cheap. And it's called... <laughs> and anyone who's watched The Boys, including your good self, will immediately go, what? what? Um, called Stormfront... <laughs> The Mutant War. Uh, it's got nothing to do with Nazis and the SS, you'd be pleased to hear. Oh. Yeah? I actually say, that's actually pretty gutty, because I think that could make a very good game. It would. It, a Stormfront game where you're playing, like, the enemy. With your, oh, that's... You'd, you'd have to be very, yeah, cautious about how you approached it, but it could be done. Yeah. Well, how the boys approached it, essentially. If you're satirical enough and it's a commentary enough, you could get away with oh, it. But anyway, so this good. isn't about the, the amazing The Boys. Well, you, which you made me want to talk for. about The Boys now. And, oh, we want, yeah, <laughs> Se- season three, absolutely brilliant. I mean, they all are. Oh, God, it, yeah, it just gets better. It does, because... Well, no, it doesn't. It doesn't get better because the, the bar's so high. It is very high. It's just it's, that, the satire of it. it. It's actually properly dark and satirical. Uh, so good. Yes. But Stormfront, the Mutant War, uh, is nowhere near on the same level. But it's all right. Before I start going into my Cole Urban impression. Oh, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. T- tell me about this non-The Boys related game called Stormfront that has nothing to do with Nazis. I will. And what it has to do with is, well, it does have a kind of, I think what they've, they've done, I think it's a Euro game. So they're kind of like, they're kind of big Teutonic guys. Well, guy that you're playing as let me tell you about the game that would be useful so the game itself is like a exploration shooter like well they said i saw the advertising for it and reviews saying it's like total carnage which is the pseudo sequel to smash tv um but it's not really it's much more like uh, games from a couple of years before that, like Kari Warriors Commando, there's even quite a bit of Alien Syndrome in there. Um, and you're kind of like, it was like separating all those games is like you could put like a cigarette paper between them in terms of what they're like. But at least Alien Syndrome has a bit of kind of key and unlock gates and stuff. And you know, 
it's gauntlet with with aliens, really, isn't it? Alien syndrome. Um, yes. This doesn't. It doesn't really even have that, and it's just making me sound like I'm hating on it. So to recalibrate a bit, it's it's basically like Mercs, Commando, Ikari Warriors, Shock Troopers. It's that kind of a game, um, and it's flattering to call it like Total Carnage because Total Carnage was a, a bit of a mistake. It wasn't a great game. It was just too much going on, too easy to die. It's the reason why when you play a game like Smash TV, you put it in a, in an arena, not a scrolling level, because the minute you start scrolling, you're getting shot from off screen, right? So yeah. that's why. It's nothing like Total Carnage, really. It's Akari Warriors. It's it's Mercs. It's Commando. It's fine. It's all right. It looks like those games. It's like, it, you know, like I've said quite a lot of times, one of those retro throwback style games that if you stuck an extra sort of gig of memory, an extra gig, a gig of memory in a Mega Drive, um, or even platform it on the Neo Geo, you'd be able to run this game. You know, it's one of them. Um, yeah. l- like Xeno thingy that I played, that I always forget the name of, that got released on the Neo Geo and on the Mega Drive. Anyway, um, so yeah, you wander around, you wander around and kill stuff with your spread shot or your direct shot or your flamethrower and that's all really I can say about it we've talked about it for about five minutes which is probably four and a half more than it warrants it's absolutely fine but if you if you are a millennial or above you're going to have played this game so many times already yeah yeah describing it it's um, it it sounds yeah I've a game I've played so many times, um, under various different skins and guises. It's yeah, it's um, yeah. I think I think you are right. It, 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 you said it. You kind of like described it. I went, all right, okay, yeah, done that. Yeah, um, which is fine if you want one of those to play. I suppose it's fine. Yeah, yeah. There's a kind of thing with when you when you hear about Total Carnage, you kind of like right. There's a lot you could do with that. You, you really could make Total Carnage. So it's like, okay, so what does Total Carnage try and do? I'm not going to say do, but I'll say try and do. Um, and I think what it tries to do is give you a big level that has a lot of different obstacles, paths, not different objectives because it's just kill, 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 but it has tons of enemy types. You can do all sorts of different things and have different firing patterns and like smash tv that's very clever especially if it's fun the and the design yeah. is great and it's got a real aesthetic of its own and it is like playing you know if you were in a cyberpunk world like say you put your vr headset on and you go into a cyberpunk world the arcade game in that cyberpunk world would be total carnage and you yeah. know that's how i can describe it and it just mechanically just didn't didn't work properly but you could tidy it up so that it did. And if you did, and you had a load of chaos, and you had a, a little bit like... Um, oh, God. You see, I'm not going to remember the name now. What's the one where you, you've you just got to go into rooms and shotgun people? Um, what's that called? Recent? No. Last six years, seven years. What's it called? Oh, Hotline Miami. Yes. Hotline yeah, yeah, Miami. Yeah. Take inspiration from Hotline Miami, maybe. So have all of the craziness and chaos and violence... But there's like a rewind, an instant rewind feature. Throw that in there, perhaps. 
something like that you could make a really good idea a really good game out of the total carnage idea i reckon uh but this ain't it but i it's interesting talking about total carnage because i love everything about that game apart from the actual game yeah no i get you so essentially though what we're getting is if you used to score this it's ignore this go watch the boys out of ted yeah yeah absolutely uh, this is a public service announcement. If you haven't watched The Boys, watch The Boys. Yep. Brace yourselves. But, yeah, watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Brace yourselves. Uh, you can't... <laughs> yeah. Uh, good luck. Edit that bit out if you want. We'll bleep it. Um, oh, it's a very high-pitched version of it. Cole Urban isn't that high-pitched. He's a bit also, of a gravelly boy, isn't he? Yeah, but also, do you know what I really like about Cole Urban in this? Uh, first of all, when I first watched it, I wasn't I wasn't sure. I was like, oh my God, it's not the best British accent. But they lead into it. Cole Urban yeah. knows it's not a proper British accent. And he yeah. leads into it. And I respect that. I do. What he's nailed really well, and this is the thing he's got, it's not the accent, but the casual swearing that fits into every sentence is how a lot of British people speak. Yeah. And he nails that side of it. He's gone I mean, he's, yeah. he's he's gone away from the Hollywood British and gone to the common British, which is oh superb. Yeah, yeah. Well that is a very kind of Aussie trait as well. Yeah, as well, so, yeah. Yeah. Um so so far we've had yeah. the Pussy cast and the boys cast. Yeah. Um so I'm gonna move on and I'm gonna talk about a game called Dome Keeper which is out now, I believe. Uh, I'll just check my notes. Yeah, it came out at the back end of September. Um, so this this is late. Um, I was, was going to talk about this last weekend. Last weekend, I got distracted with other things. Um, anyway, Domekeeper is a roguelike, stay with me, deck building, not deck building, base building this time. Okay, so, you know, a bit more intrigue. There's aliens, you've got survival, very sci-fi and stuff like that. But essentially, you kind of crash land on this this planet, so to speak. Um, You get a dome put around you to protect you and your computer gear and stuff like that. But you're getting attacked by aliens from the sky and from the ground and stuff like that. And you need to basically defend them but you've got nothing to do that with you've got a very basic weapon and this dome you need to protect and if the dome cracks you're dead um, so you've got to protect all from the monsters and everything so the way you do that is from the position of your dome you dig into the into the ground into the planet um and then you have to go and dig and uh sort of like mine for resources, bring those resources back up to your dome so they can then be converted into different elements to help you upgrade weapons, uh, upgrade your defences, repair your dome, etc, etc. And what happens is as you're digging, you get like almost like a timer for waves of enemies to come and attack you. So you could be down digging and you've got, you might see your timer going off and going, oh no, I've now got to get back up. And you decide, oh, do I leave these resources where they are to get up quicker? Or do I take these extra resources with me? It's slower, but it'll give me enough that I can now upgrade this weapon, etc., etc. So you have to really balance everything. And you kind of like, you pick up these jewels 
down there, um, some other like natural elements which help, and then you find there's like maybe artifacts down there which could give you like instant upgrades and, and things like that. So you get up and you shoot. Um, now, first of all, you get no indication of when this stuff is happening. You just get an alarm. But like, well, the first upgrade you can get will give you a like little countdown timer to go. Ah, oh, next wave is coming, so you can kind of judge things. You can then upgrade your move speed so you can move around the mine quicker, your dig speed. So if you've played something like Steamwell Dig and you and like the further you get down into the into the uh into the world, you need to upgrade your, your digging tools to sort of like be able to attack the like the uh the heavier tiles. It's similar to that, so you could upgrade that. And then you can also upgrade what the amount you could carry. So you again, it's all various like upgrade trees for all different things, and you can get better guns, automated turrets, um, studying things that stop them, and then you could get other things that will automate your digging. So you can get like this little like almost like dog-like creature that you could you could purchase, and then you send that into the mines to do some digging for you. But you've then got a keep that dog fed so you have to use other resources to feed that so you have to bring that back to it to your base and stuff like that as well and it just all builds yeah. and builds and builds and it could on initial look for you guys that's really complicated but it introduces all the mechanics and this is where roguelike i think works really really well because the more you play the further you get the more you understand the more you learn the more you get the more it's introduced that it builds you up like that it's what rogue, the best rogue likes do really well and this does it really well yeah now i first played it and i put it on for about half an hour and i was like oh this is it just a bit i don't know uh okay not much is going on i but i've then sunk many hours into this uh, i i've made progress through it um still not great at it but yeah it's fantastic yeah um absolutely fantastic and i can't recommend it enough and it you know there's a base level one where you've got to try and basically find this um there's an end game to it and then there's like almost like an endless mode to it as well uh but it all just fits together so so well and if if this was given these if this was a steam world game and it had the steam world dig characters i think this would be considered probably one of the most popular indie games of the year um but it's not steam world um it's its own thing and it is yeah it's really 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 good and i'm really enjoying my time with this one well it looks phenomenal for like especially it's like apparently a two-person team and it it looks amazing um so yeah, they've they've clearly hit on something special there. Oh yeah, definitely. And I've played this exclusively on the Steam Deck as well. Um, some small text, but it's it's slow paced enough when you need to see text that you can just do a zoom in, no problems. Uh, but it's not overly small. I again, this is me going. I've got eye conditions, obviously, um, and I I struggle a bit. Most people are not going to struggle with it, but you know it is some slight small text. And if they can improve that, it that would be really good. But it's from Raw Fury, so they've got a really, really good hit record in terms of producing good games. Nice, yeah. No, that that does really look quite exceptional. So lovely. And like everything else, you can get a soundtrack. I'm not quite sure it needs a soundtrack separately, but hey. If you're into video game music, there might be stuff in there that you might want. It's very atmospheric as well, actually. I really like how atmospheric it is. 
awesome. yeah, I just yeah, yeah, give that one a go if you get a chance. Yeah, I might look it up. It's just uh, with all this stuff, <laughs> it's just the case of time. You know, it really is. Um, add, add it to your wish list. I know. So much on that thing, though. I'm down to 293. We was talking um, off air about it, about like what we was preparing for today's podcast. I said, I've got 350 odd. I did have 350 odd. I managed to, there's a lot of games that I've had on there that are out now that I've still not got round to buy, even though they've been in sales. So I've just gone, that can go, that can go, that yes, can go. I do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a good test for me of whether I actually want it. <laughs> it's just if it passed, if gone past a sale and I didn't get it, nah, get rid of it. Yeah, most of them. I mean, I dare say they will be added again when I see them in a sale that's half decent, but I haven't got the money. I'll go, oh, I'll add that for next time and it'll build back up again. <laughs> yeah. But we come into the cre- the uh, Steam Secret Santas and everything um, on certain forums we use. So I need to trim my wish list to make sure I don't just have a bunch of like 39p <laughs> games that I'm half interested in, but never got round to playing. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, so what's next from yourself? Well, I've been playing something from the Steam Next Fest, which is, we've talked about it on this podcast before, but it's the demo of demos where they pick out a bunch of likely looking indie candidates and put them forward so you can play them on an in a demo format before purchase. And the one that I picked was the Entropy Project, which has been, uh, yeah, it's got quite a lot of attention. And I think the main reason is because it uses the portal aesthetic. So you're uh, a guy, a, or, you know, a person with a gun who solves puzzles. Uh, and, you know, that's very portal. What the difference is here, even though there's a lot of aesthetic similarities, I'll go through in a bit. But, you know, what this does differently is your gun is a time gun. Uh, localized to objects rather than the entire world so you can place an object and then place it somewhere else uh, say like on a switch to open a door and say you need to get through several doors and you need to have you know a box placed on a on a floor switch um, at one point and then moved to another one you can physically move it between points and then use your gun to wind back in time so that you can get through a particular obstacle and then open up another door to get over that. Uh, So basically, yeah, you're using the time mechanic to reconstruct or deconstruct stuff so that you can get through the levels. And yeah, yeah, and, um, you know, grasping what it does is very simple. So that's similar to Portal. And then the complexity of how they design the puzzles gets higher and higher as you go along and the demo is quite substantial so far i've played probably about oh i don't know six or seven rooms worth maybe a couple more than that even and um still more to go to put at least half an hour or more into it and it seems uh it seems pretty good um i'm not sure if it'll ultimately be my kind of a game because it seems to have obviously there was a big physical component uh, to Paul. So part of the puzzle solving was being able to you know complete jumps and um, you know move yourself physically in space. And it was kind of half cerebral, half physical. Whereas this yeah. is much more cerebral. It's much more you know you, yeah you, you've got to use your brain. It doesn't really matter what your your, your reactions are like and. Ooh. That means it's you know yeah it's it's more of a puzzle game, um, a st- straightforward puzzle game in a way, 
whether I like that, I'm not sure. It's already starting to get quite technical and difficult, and I, you know, you know me, a bit of a thicko when it comes to this stuff. And <laughs> you're the role of the podcast, shall yeah, we say? Absolutely, one of the one of the pillars of the podcast is me not having any real spatial awareness. Um, so yeah, I, whether it'll be for me, I'm not entirely sure. But it's going to be for. I think it'll be popular with a lot of people, especially if you like. The witness and stuff like that i think um only thing of note other than that so far is it runs very poorly on steam deck um no. which is disappointing um I, I i think it's a problem at the engine level i'm not sure what they use it might be unity i think it's a problem at that level because i've done stuff like turn as much stuff down as i can always start with shadows by the way just as a tip if you if you're having poor performance on any computer um turn down shadows tends to be one of the the biggest asset uh draws that's um, why that gladiators game didn't work out <laughs> oh god that's a bad joke um that's a, bad, that's, a that's, that's a reference to a subject that most people probably won't understand yeah, precisely. Yeah, you've locked loads of loads of people out of that one. Um, yeah, it's uh, performance-wise not great, and even doing all the trickery that you're used to with the Steam Deck to get it to run well, I'm still getting drops below thirty frames, and uh, that's that's a bit of a shame. So I would say, sorry, go on. Hopefully, just unoptimized because it's the uh, an earlier demo build. Yes, that's a very good possibility that they have optimized it by the time it's it's at release. Um, it's not but, far away. I'm just looking at yeah. it now. Uh, yeah, November, I think. Yeah, early so, November as well. So we're, what, three yeah. weeks away, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so for the demo, just I'd say play it on your your PC if it's a little bit, got a bit more grunt than your deck, if you've got a deck. Um, but yeah, no, it seems okay for the right audience. I think it'll do well. Tra- trailer's done enough for me. I- I'm sold on it. Uh, oh, you're um, in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, well, so at no point am I insulting the Portal games because they are easily you know it's, it's one of those where if i was to sit back properly and do a proper top 10 of all time the portal series is in there um it's one of those right. that i sometimes forget about when i when i'm talking um about like my favorite games of all time but if i was to sit back properly someone makes a portal, oh crap yeah that's got to be in there somewhere because they are amazing um however the issue i had with portal 2 came with the levels that had a bit more kinetic energy to them where it was about timed jumps and things like that because i struggled with that the slower more as you said cerebral based puzzles where it was just like make sure you've got the portal in the right place um, and you've done this and then you that this is what you need to do brilliant i love those bits and i love the figuring out it's then the timing of the action the, the actual actions of of that kind of it i could not do I struggled with that. Always have done. Yeah. Um, I've never had the best of reactions in video games or, or anything, unless I'm repeating that same thing over and over. And Portal 2, you're not repeating the same thing over and over because it's story-based. Obviously, it wants to push you forward. So I got through it, and it wasn't impossible. You know, it was absolutely brilliant, and I absolutely adored it. Whereas, you said, like, what I think is putting... Not putting you off of this, but as you guys, it's not quite what I would go for, is literally it's taking out the bits that I struggled with in Portal 2 and giving me the game I would want. So, oh, yeah, I'm intrigued yeah. by this. I'm intrigued by this. So it's, uh, Oh, Jesus Christ, here we go. There we go. 294. <laughs> <laughs> 
I thought I was doing bad having about 60 on my wish list. I feel a bit better now. I, I can't. So before... Uh, is there anything else you want to say about this one? Nope. No. So before I move on to my next one, right, I'll just give you I'll give you an idea, right? Um, let's go to my ranks. Take off the on sale. So like my top 10 at the moment, right? I've got like Spirit Swap, which is going to be my absolute... Yeah, this is going to be my game of the year next year. I don't care what anyone says. It's a match-free game with um, made by queer developers. And it leans heavily into the queer as well. And it's like, it's, it's a match-free story-based game with like, witches and stuff like that it looks brilliant um take recovery simulator is another one because i just love the sound of that one um endless dungeon beacon pines show oh no shovel knight why have i still got shovel knight on there i don't know uh terra nil which is that reverse city builder where you've got like the world's ended and you've got to build it back up from nothing using natural resources yep a little to the left which is absolutely brilliant Hell card, which is uh, a roguelike deck building card battling dungeon crawler. Uh, yeah, you know, you you know me, <laughs> Stu. You know me. Uh, you know, but old sort of like those sort of games that are on there. There's like a lot of them, a hell of a lot of them. Um, so yeah, it's it's just building. There's photography games on there that I've got. Just loads and loads of stuff that's like, indie games that are coming at some point. So, yeah, and a lot of, like, um, also sort of, like, indie-based sports games. I'm really into sports games at the moment as well, and I want some that aren't, like, overly simulation. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a, fun, it's a fun, fun old mix, and gradually I'll get those taken down. But it helps you know what to try and request for uh, review purposes. Indeed. And... Yeah, do you want do you want a little window into my world of my wish list? Yeah, let's let's go for it. Okay. Well, there are a few on there that you won't be surprised by that I think a lot of people have on who like kind of Pac Man, Space Invaders. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. All that. You know me, forever forever <laughs> looking backwards. Um no. The the stuff like Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, you know, the uh, the one that's a bit jet set radio y and Oh yes. you can yeah, and you can expand that out to like anything that's kind of got a lot of interest from people that's a kind of single A or double A kind of action adventure type game. But what's on there that a lot of people won't have on their wish list is a bunch of VR games that are either out soon or already out. And they include stuff like just scrolling through Bone Lab, which came out about two days ago, which is a pseudo-sequel to Boneworks, which is one of the biggest uh, VR games of all time. Uh, something called Into the Darkness, Iron Rebellion, which is a mech uh, online early access VR game. We've got, oh, what else? Mask Maker, which is uh, a kind of puzzly VR game. These are all VR. The only kind of big game I've got on there that's sort of big is the Callisto Protocol, which I'm really looking forward to, and that's hoping it's space-like, isn't it? That's the one by the original developers, and which would be better than the Dead Space remake. Yes, I'm not. I'm not touching that. Uh, I can yeah. talk about why if you like, but um, it mostly. Oh, I, 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 I've, I can, we'll talk about that one next week because I've got some thoughts on that one as well, and that will go on a while. Good. Yeah, what's unusual out of my list is is generally the VR stuff, and there's quite a bit of, of good content, but not a load, because as I've said, it's kind of in a mire. I'm really hoping that PSVR 2 next year is going to like kick it all in, into action again. Fair enough. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing uh, your takes on that. Um, my, both my kids have enjoyed the uh, VR experience of the PlayStation 4. 
at the moment. Marvellous. Yeah, they really enjoyed it. Uh, they don't play many of the games. I think they're like Astro's Playroom or whatever it is, the VR experience on that mainly. Um, yeah. Astro yeah. um, is just amazing. It's one of those like uh, Half-Life Alex that is one of the games of the decade, but nobody's played it because <laughs> it's yeah it's only a subset of a subset have got have got a vr headset yeah um i think that i think i might be right in saying that the that psvr sold about six million units maybe it might be higher than that it might be up to 10 but over the over the world that's not a huge amount it's it's reasonable enough but um yeah that i've Brilliant game, Astro. Yeah. yeah. Talking of units sold, the uh, Steam Deck's over a million now. Nice. And nice. it's just getting more and more. I think. I think as more and more people get it, more and more people are wanting it. So yeah, yeah that's all. That's all great stuff. And I think it's going to change. Honestly, going to change what video games are going forward. Yeah. As well, I think in terms of what developers have to think about now when they make a game. Um, yes. I think it's going to have a bit because a million. It's obviously it's small numbers compared to what the PlayStation Two sold, but I don't think it's ever going to beat the PlayStation Two um, in terms of numbers sold um, and, and stuff like that. But with once you break that first million, don't forget this is still pretty much early access pre-order stage. Once you break that first million on a niche product, that's when I think that it, it really counts, and they've got to start taking notice. I agree completely, and one of the things I wanted to talk about, only fairly briefly, but it's interesting, is getting Chiaki working on my deck, which is where you can play uh, your PS5 on it remotely. Yes. Um, similar to Moonlight, you know, which which is another third-party thing, non-official. Um, yeah, it's really good. Good enough for me to have gone on eBay and bought some second-hand home plugs, because it doesn't work brilliantly over Wi-Fi for me. Um mm. And hoping that having some Ethernet hooked up will will make it a, a more solid experience. But it looks gorgeous. Or I only say that to say this, which is that um, think of a scenario of how you want to play games, and you're pretty much getting there with the deck. Like it can do yeah. almost all of it, and that's just just crazy, just crazy. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't want that? You know. Oh, 100%. It's, you know, the seamless switching. So what I've always liked, I've got, like, various different, like, handhelds. I've got my Vita. I've got a 3DS here. I've got my my Ambonic and, and stuff like that. And I love them. But it also it's always been about, ah, oh, which one do I take out if I'm going out? Do, oh, do I take that one? But what if I don't want to play, like, a, a SNES game and I really want to play, like a, like, a PSP game? Or, you know, this, or I do actually want to play something modern. Well, I can't play something modern because you can't take many modern games handheld unless I take a Switch. But then I can't play a lot of my retro games on the Switch. The Steam Deck is just going, right, okay, it's loaded up with pretty much everything I want. Off we go. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just covered everything. Um, and I know some people have different, like, ways. And everyone's using it in different ways as well. That's the thing. Um, obviously, you get people going, oh, I don't want to tinker. I don't want to tinker with it. And you're like, you don't got to. Um, but I, you know, I've got a nice balance. I emu decks on there. I know some people are loading up Batasera now, and I have got a spare memory card. And I am tempted to do a Batasera uh, build as well, just as as another alternative. I don't know why. I don't need to, uh, but I am tempted. So 
you know, but it, I know that down the line, should a Steam Deck 2 come out, uh, which it probably will at some point, I could, I've just got already loaded, you know, Batasera on a memory card, and I could just pop that into my original Steam Deck, hook that up as portable or to the TV, and then I've got a complete retro system where I can still play, what, a couple of thousand games if, that you know, like, yeah. modern, like, native games as well so it could become my retro machine but play modern games but the Steam Deck 2 I could use for you know 2027 games and beyond for example so I think it's even got that that longevity to it because I think PCs now have got longevity that they didn't have before and I think the pandemic helped with that ironically enough because more and more people yeah. can't afford to get the latest 4090 Ti's or whatever they've got to stick with you know their 10 series or their 20 series and developers have got to start realising that now they can't push the boundaries of graphics anymore that's done those days are done this is where Valve are clever I think they brought the deck out at the perfect time because they yeah. know, they know it's changing. And I think they've done it. Now, I don't think Valve was under the greatest company of all time, and I'm not, you know, shitting for them. But they've got some very clever business people. Um, their best marketing they've got for Half-Life 3 is ignoring Half-Life 3. Because you know, if that ever comes out, that doesn't matter how bad that game is, that's selling gambusters. So, mm -hmm. you know, they know what they're doing. They know exactly what they're doing. And they, I think they've nailed it this time. All their mis mistakes, quote unquote, in the past, and we spoke about this before, they've nailed it with the Steam Deck. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it, you're right. They don't, they, they don't release bad products. That's no. the thing. It's like they, some, they often don't find, well, haven't in the past found the niche, but that doesn't mean the product itself is bad. It's just it's, the market wasn't ready or it was the wrong market or the wrong time, all the other stuff that you've, normally fall into with like you know marketing problems but you're right the deck landed at exactly the right time and i think it's partly because of nintendo napping on the switch the yep. switch 2 you know i think that it's like people are just starting to tail off on feel you know feeling like the switch is of its time and now is starting to feel over its time yep. um and looking to the future looking to the next one and in in on that horizon, instead of Switch Two or a Switch Pro, there was the deck, and there's loads of people who've just gone, "Yep, that's me," and jumped onto it. So yeah, yeah, and you can play Switch games on it. Sometimes better than you can play those on the actual Switch. <laughs> Sometimes, uh, yeah. I, mean, I know some run really badly, but you know, it's it's again, all it needs is a little boosted um, hardware down the line, and. You know, you get in there. And because it is a computer, it potentially is upgradable. That's the other thing that's crazy about it. It's potentially upgradable. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, never going to be easy. I won't be able to upgrade one. But if someone could now, like, we could upgrade the graphics uh, chip in this, you you could sort of just go, all right, how much is that going to cost me to send to you and get done? You know, it's it's all there, which you can't do with a console because of how it's done. And I think what also helped is the under the underwhelming reaction to the Xbox and PlayStation Five this yeah. time round. Um, this feels fresh, whereas they didn't. They just felt like, oh, it's okay. It's more of the same, which is good because again, you're not sort of like priced out of new games on the Xbox side, and even PlayStation decided, oh, we've got to stick with it because of supply chain. But they don't feel fresh. They don't feel new. Yet yeah, this does, and you've got potentially 
it's got the best launch lineup ever. The, the, the Steam Deck launch lineup will never be beaten. Yeah. Well, it will do the Steam Deck too because you've got all those games plus. Um, but you know what I mean? As a, as a lot, it's because you're not launching with 10, 20 games, you're launching with thousands. Yeah, exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's just. It's it's only what you can do in terms of gaming and gaming history is only really limited by the top end and then by your imagination really and yeah uh, yeah, yeah it's fantastic and I think that's right I think it's fired people's imaginations it, it, that's what it does because you know I can come to it and go oh you know I, I wonder what it's like with this latest game that I've bought and yeah. then like you could come to it and go oh I wonder what it's like with suddenly I can play all of my indie games and use the trackpad when it was a mouse based one then you got people yep. going oh I can run emulators for all these games and you know just the use cases are just so massive um, and and yeah it's the accessibility of being able to do that sat on your sofa you know it's yeah it's opening up games to other people um, I said the only thing I would like to see added to this now this is very niche on me I would like to see someone, a very lightweight TFT screen or whatever, that is bigger than the Steam Deck itself, that can clip onto the Steam Deck and sit above it. So, you know, you've got, you're holding your Steam Deck, your controls and everything underneath with a screen that's raised, lightweight, that you could have. So it's bigger, um, right. which for me would be brilliant because it allows me that bigger screen. That's the only thing I need for this is a bigger screen sometimes. And I don't want to be sat at a computer. Um, but it's very niche. I know it's never going to happen. It's probably something I could jerry-rig up, but I haven't got the talent to do that. Um, but again, that's something I'm going, ah, oh, this is brilliant, but if I if I was designing this, I would have something that's a bigger screen on it. Um, but that's no fault of the Steam Deck because it's immediately better than... Like, I'm playing indie games now that I struggled with on the Switch because the screen was too small. Um, I don't care for OLED. If you want to make an OLED screen and charge like a premium price, go for it down the line. But for me, the trade-off of an OLED screen to the screen size and the price factor, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Cool, good suggestions. But yeah, no, it's just it's great. I probably waxed <laughs> waxing lyrical about the uh, the Steam Deck every week now, but it's just that good. It, it just makes you wanna. Oh, yeah. there's a reason. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's made games excited again. Yeah. Yeah, it has. Uh, talking of games that are exciting, I'm gonna. Oh no, it's a bonus segue. Oh, um, I've been playing a game that is is sort of exciting, um, and I'm still not sure how I feel about it yet. Um, Moon Scars. Okay. Now this got a little bit of attention because this is it's a humble games published game, and in the December Humble Bundle, I want to say. It was added to the Humble... Not the Humble Store, but they have a Humble Collection um, for subscribers. And But I, I, got a, for, for, I got a review code for this. I've got it on Steam. And what you've got here is a 2D Metroidvania, essentially, um, that's leads very heavily into I would say gothic worlds um, yeah closer to the Vania side and not the, the Metroid side um, in, in how it plays but it's a interesting game where you kind of you go through um, and it's this kind of open it's, got, it's open-ish world-ish 
kind of like Metroidvania layout of like this this dark dank world that you've got to progress through, and it's not very easy. It's it's really difficult. You die a lot, and you learn from each death, um, and you really really do. Um, and it's kind of got that souls element to it, but I, I kind of want to refrain from going souls like because it's not quite souls like in, in in how it does stuff. But it's got yeah. a, like a, a decent story to it, and you kind of make your progression, take on different types of enemies. Uh, new ones will kill you quite easily, and then you learn. You've got your various upgrade trees. Um, which you can reset and then rebuild and you get your different powers and some enemies then become just like a piece of piss to, to get through. Um, it's got your basic like attacks, so you like your slashing uh, enemies, your parries, you've got a sword, um, you can get set special like, like extra weapons that do extra damage, um, there's magic spells, etc, etc, etc. And yeah, it's, it's 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 an interesting game. I'm enjoying it. I'm not making much progress through it, but I'm just enjoying learning as I go. I I, I like a game like this where it does punish you, but at the same time, it rewards you with taking stock and taking your time, and then it builds the world around you in terms of story and everything. And it just it comes together really really well. Now. I don't know, again, I said, I don't know how I feel about it yet. I don't know whether it's one that I'm going to continue playing. And be, oh, yeah, I've got to play more of this. Like I do Dead Cells. I still play Dead Cells three, four times a week for like a couple of months and stuff like that. I don't know yeah. whether this is one I'm that bothered about making sure I have to go back to um, and have to complete. But playing it for the podcast, I'm enjoying it. And it is really good. And people who like these sort of games, they like Dark Souls-ish aesthetics, will, I think, get a lot from this. And it's, it is clearly a, a very, very, very good game. Um, it's pretty. I mean, it's done dark really well. It's, it, the other thing I've got is dark, so I can see it. Um, <laughs> it's used a lot of grey scale, so I'm not blinded by it. Um, I Google doesn't understand that either. No. Strange. Um, <laughs> it's more positives than there are negatives to it um, for me in terms of like uh, the, the pacing of it is a bit off in terms of progression early on. And that put me off for a bit. Um, and then it, it kind of goes a bit better as you, you go on. But the combat is very satisfying. And when you do progress, you feel so good about it. But I think it puts up too many walls to stop you progressing at a pace that I feel comfortable with. So, again, it's good, but with some caveats for me. And I'm not sure I'm that enamoured to go and finish it all the way to the end. Yeah, fair enough. I see that that one's on Game Pass. I actually remembered it was on Game Pass. Is it on Game Pass as well? Yeah. Uh, only for... Yeah, it's, it's not streamable. It's Xbox uh, or PC, I think. Let me double. I'll double check. I'll check my notes. I'll okay, my you notes. check your notes. Um, yeah. If you could play it for now, hundred percent, do it. Yeah. Uh, that 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 that's take that. If you don't have to buy it, then yeah, oh, hundred percent, play it. Yeah. No, it's um yeah Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC. I don't think it's a massive game, so if, yeah, download it and play it. It's 
but yeah, it's worth it. Okay, if you could play it on Game Pass, or if you've got the Humble Collection or anything, then 100% give this a go. And it plays well on the Steam Deck as well. I, I must add to that, it plays really well on the Steam Deck. Um, I didn't have to make any adjustments or, or anything like that to it. Um, it's just, I don't know. I can't even describe why I'm not too fussed about pushing forward because it's like everything it does apart from like these these dark soul style barriers it puts in your way to stop your progression all the other stuff around it it's competent at it's good at even in many of the places but it's just ah, not quite enough for me yeah no got it yeah i might give it a go and just see what i think yeah uh but yeah that's that i've got nothing else you got anything else no, no, that's it. I think I'm gone. I'm gone. Was the one sold? Yeah, just one quickly, and we'll cover it more next week. Criticize um, Grid Legends on Game Pass because uh-huh. I tried. I tried playing it, and it was just gack in pretty much every way you can imagine. It was. Uh, it had terrible frame pacing issues. It kept crashing. It kept changing the graphics settings on my screen. It just everything about it was just technically woeful and i don't know whose side that was on but i'm happy to blame ea of course of course uh the best grid is still the first one in terms of the all that right the, obviously the first first toka touring cars amazing toka 2 touring cars amazing race driver toka race driver really good toka race driver 2 really good race driver grid which is the first grid absolutely stunning especially the uh, destruction derby levels in it um grid 2 rubbish grid auto sport brilliant as it went pure uh motorsport on there that was brilliant and then the other since then meh. there you go there's a grid history lesson for you <laughs> yeah good now i'm gonna i managed to play a little bit of the game past the technical difficulties and it seemed to be pretty good so if there's not too much egregious ea crap I know you'll probably have to sign into EA when you you play it, but if there's not too much egregious EA crap on the PS5 version, I might buy a second-hand copy of it, so obviously they don't get any money, um, and just try it out on there. Because I, I lean into the grid games, even though, like you say, they've never quite been as good, but there's yeah, there's good bits in them. But we'll see, we'll see. It's just a... Oh, I hate EA. Anyway, carry on as you were. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think uh, there's not much else to say. I mean, uh, we've we've gone on for a while now, so I think we'll we'll just do a games only one uh, this this week. Unless there's anything specific <laughs> you want to talk about this week, um, I've I've got nothing I need to touch on. Um, I'll talk more about my blindness next week, maybe. Uh, but if there's anything you want to, that's fine. Otherwise, otherwise, Stu. Oh, I can't remember what I usually do. I usually I, I, I just carry on talking, don't I, Stu? Normally, yeah. But you'll you'll do something I'll different. Oh, shut now. up there! Yeah, I'll okay. shut up there. There it is. Yeah, there's only one thing I wanted to mention, which was the "Enough is Enough" protest uh, last yes. Saturday, first of October. Yeah, so went along to that to my closest one, which is Ellesmere Port, which is not too far away from where I live. And um, yeah, really great experience. Excellent people. Uh, very humbling in places, very, you know, illuminating as well. Like, even if you are, you know, le- not even left-leaning, but more socially inclined, um, there's so much to discover about, the, you know, people's lives and how they're experiencing things. And, you know, I've got a, I've got a link to the Porks. My dad used to work for Vauxhalls back in the day when there actually were unions, and he was on strike quite frequently. And so I've grown up always... 
appreciating the place and, and having a bit of a connection to it and also a connection to unionisation and stuff like that. Um, but enough is enough is also not just about picketing and about strikes, but it's also about, you know, fairer conditions for the entire country. And I'd highly encourage anybody who's interested to go to the website, just look up enough is enough, you'll find it. And just look at what they're demanding from the government. And I think that last week's was only the beginning, really, and there'll be lots more organised protests and demonstrations and marches and all that good stuff uh, going forward. So if you feel like getting active with it, then go for it. But if you don't, don't. It's fine. But, you know, it was very interesting. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. I, I see, I always feel guilty with these because uh, I, um, I kind of have to support from afar yeah because i can never get to we've got like obviously my health my, my, my partner's health we've got the kids and they've got their activities and it really sounds like a, a, a bit of a dodgy excuse going ah oh, but the kids have got stuff on and I, you know it's, it's a bit too far for me to go so it's like well uh, uh, but at the same time i do i fully support these and if you can get to any of them then yeah 100 percent do um but obviously, I know it's not possible for everyone. But I'm glad there are people that do represent me that are able to do these and make their voices heard. Um, yeah. This is my way of making my voice heard. I've got this as, a, as an outlet, and it's it, you know it's good that we're seeing. I still think, and I, I still say this: we are seeing the beginning of an uprising because uh, you know you can't call it any more true. Enough is enough. I'm just getting. Yeah. You know, you start to see parodies of like people like, oh, it's going to be like eat like treats for the kids. He's like having the heating on for half a day and stuff like that in the future. Yeah. And um, like dinners are just going to be uh, what you've been able to catch, catch outside. And the water, uh, you know, drinking water is a bit brown today um, and stuff like that. It's, um, you know, we we see parodies of these and jokes of these and they, they're born out of real fears. Um, so... At the moment, it's good to see that these protests are peaceful. However, if it doesn't change, they're not going to remain peaceful. That much I, can, I, I am aware of. It's not going to remain yeah. peaceful because we're going to have to take by force because we can't put up with this any longer. Yeah. But yeah, no, good for you for going, Stu. And, well, uh, you know, speaking for those of us that couldn't or, or wouldn't go. Yeah, well, it's a huge topic, cost of living crisis, and we'll cover it definitely on one week. Um but in I terms, I can't of, afford to get up London for it. So, well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. One thing that you have to, that everyone has to do, when you're thinking about attending a protest or whatever, is is check your privilege. You know, recognise your privilege. So having having time is a privilege. You know, not having to go to work, not having to look after, you know, to do childcare. If you don't have those things or you can pay other people to do it, that's a privilege. I have to recognise I have the privilege of of being able to move around on the weekends without worrying about it. Um, the, the, the train strikes coincided with it, so people couldn't use that method of public transport to get to places. That's a big deal. It was unfortunate that was all down to the Queen. You know, let's blame all the people organising that for them coinciding. Um, don't you speak negatively of the Queen. I know. I'm still in the queue. I'm... I, broadcasting this from yeah the queue to see her it's still going on isn't it <laughs> that's the no that's the dole office now <laughs> yeah <laughs> um yeah but no it's important to check your privilege before i i don't think anybody who attends these things would ever criticize people for not attending um but if you're thinking about it don't because everybody's got different circumstances check your privilege but also for the people who can't go don't feel bad 
you know it doesn't matter what your reason is we live in a <laughs> a very very harsh capitalist society where everything is based around work and about money and if you don't because of that have the time even if it means because you just need to relax and your time off rather than going on a protest that's totally valid uh, so there's not, not going to be any judgment on this podcast for not going it's just they're there if you want to do it if you feel like it's an outlet and you have the the privilege to be able to do it in your in your own time anyway that's enough steps down off his soapbox and immediately gets arrested by the police there you go yeah just don't hold up any blank sides you'll be all right <laughs> oh god yeah jesus but that's a whole other debate good and hopefully this that 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 batch of them as 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 either brought more in to start making more noise or does start to have some kind of impact fingers crossed yep yeah. Oh, I'm going to leave us on a cliffhanger. Ooh. Lorraine has been implicated in a murder. More oh next gosh. week. <laughs> she sounds like she loves this idea of just saying that she's a murderer and leaving it there for a week. Oh, well, I'll tell you more off air as a, as a prep for next week, but I will tell you more next week once hopefully we know more. Excellent. And at that, on that point... Because oh I'm not, God, got top not, gear. Oh not God, saying oh. it. No. Oh. No. Back away. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> on that note we shall leave it so yes as usual follow us on all the socials engage with our content however you like join the discord channel for chat on any subject but also including mental health and games obviously uh, have a good week and in the meantime until next time stay safe and stay sane <laughs>